Welcome to or welcome back to I Ain't Got a Talent podcast where we talk about gifts and talents. Today I have with me Jamie DeVoe. Please show him some love. Thanks for having thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for coming on. I appreciate it. So, you ready? Let's let's get into it. Yeah. All right. So my first question for you is what did you want to be when you were a kid? When I was a kid, it went from it was it went from the traditional kid stuff like fireman, police officer, that kind of thing. And I, I was born in a musical family, so eventually I wanted to be a musician. Or for some reason, for went through a phase where I wanted to be like an athletic trainer or physical therapist or something. But uh, I didn't like science class, and uh, that's a lot of science. <laughs> There's a lot of science in that field, so right. I. Uh, just stuck, just stuck to music. Yeah, got into me, got into music, stayed with it, and uh, fell into the education side of it. I wasn't sure for a while if I wanted to be a performer or or a teacher, and you know, figured it out through college and student teaching, and turned it and uh, turned into a band director. Wow, wow. So, would would you say that's your gift? What's your gift or talent? Probably my my gift would probably be playing playing music and playing instruments. I started learning piano when I was seven. And I started on trumpet when I was 10. And I switched to French horn when I was 11. And then I pretty much played both French horn and trumpet and piano through through school, college. You know, when you when you turn into a music major, you gotta focus on, on one if you wanna be a performer. So I focused on French horn and orchestral type stuff and was su- successful with that, but also, you know, throughout college, learned the rest of the instruments for, for the education part in case that was the route that I chose. Wow, wow. So, how many instruments do you play? Or do you know how to play? It kind of depends on how well I can play. I can, get, I, I can play piano, French horn, trumpet, and bass professionally. I can also play trombone, baritone, tuba. I can teach all those from, from my classes. I'm not good at flute, but I can teach the flute. Same with the clarinet and saxophone. You just wouldn't want to pay me. You just wouldn't want to pay me to to play. But I can I can demonstrate it like at a at like a ninth or tenth grade level for my kids, and then they wow. take off. Then they take off, and you give them tools, and so and it's more of a knowledge thing than a demonstration thing. After a while. Wow, that's that that's some talent right there. <laughs> I hope so. Yeah. So. So when did you realize that you wanted to get into music? How, like how old were you or about what time or about what age? Like, like well, my family was very, is, was, still is very musical. My dad was a band director also, so I, was, I grew up going to concerts. I really didn't think about doing it as a career until probably middle of high, beginning or middle of high school. Okay. Like, you know, that middle school phase where I was like, in band and I was doing music and I was good at it, but I was bound and determined not to be like my dad because that's what all middle schoolers do. <laughs> and then and then I'm like, well, my dad's a good dude, so maybe it's not such a bad that's not such a bad thing. Right, right. Right. Wow. So so you said about so about middle school is when you started taking it more serious, like, okay, this is something I think I might want to do. Yep, and I had piano lessons at seven, and then I started French horn lessons with 
with Kevin Warren and the Grand Rapids Symphony and when I was in sixth grade. So I started wow. so I started practicing and learning learning from him on a one-on-one basis starting in sixth grade. Wow. So you named all these these instruments. Do you have a favorite? The French horn and piano are my favorites. Bass was probably a close, probably like a second, you know, kind of like a two-way. Yeah. The French horn is the one that I wanted to play professionally. I still do on, on the side on occasion. I'll play in civic theater playing in the Vintage Parlor Orchestra in a couple in a couple weeks at, at Creston Brewery. It's a good, so that's like my, it's my best one. I like piano because I don't get as, I think for a musician to say, but I don't get as many gigs with it. So it seems more like for fun and recreation than for work. And the same thing with bass. I, I do bass a lot in church and, and wow. I really enjoy that, but I don't, it's, it's more of a fun, it's more of a fun thing. Whereas sometimes Sometimes, sometimes, you know, it is my job, and and while most of it is fun work, some of it is work work. So I like some of those instruments, so that it's just fun work or just fun, just for fun, instead yeah. of feeling like I'm still at school or still at work. Right, right, right. Wow. So middle school, you say, okay, I, I think I might want to do this, or you you take it more seriously. What was the next steps for you? So in middle school, I started doing. You know, solo events where you could play for a, it's called solo and ensemble. It's a popular event for individual and small groups to get get feedback from other professionals. This is like where my students would go for saxophone specific help when I'm a, when my main instrument is in saxophone. So I did that and played for other professional horn players and got some good feedback. And then I did that and got that, got high ratings on on those. And then when high school rolled around, they have either honor bands or all-star bands, depending on what they're called. And, so, and I got into some of those. And kind of the real, the bigger moment was I got into, I got into the one at Grand Valley State University and yeah. the guest conductor was a composer. And I forgot the composer, it's kind of embarrassing because he's a big deal and it was a, but he was a guest conductor and we played one of his pieces and I was the top person in there. So I got to play the horn solo. And he stopped and he looked and he's like, you know, that's exactly how I pictured the sounding when I wrote it. And I thought that was a, <laughs> that it doesn't get much higher of a compliment than yeah, that from, from the guy that wrote it. So like I'd already been working towards it and I was thinking, I'm like, I'm probably going to do this. And then you get something like that. I'm like, I might actually be able to do it. It was a kind of like the last push I needed to just kind of, I don't want to say give up on being an athletic trainer, but when you get a C in biology and a C in chemistry, you don't want that person working on your knee. <laughs> make you think a little bit <laughs> yeah okay so then what so high school then what about after high school high school your senior year you have to audition to get into the school of music if you want to be a music major in college so i auditioned at uh, grand valley central michigan and u of m and i got into grand valley and central i missed out on u of m the first time around it's a really competitive school yeah. you can imagine I got scholarships at both Central and Grand Valley, but I chose to go to Central Michigan. I spent wow. five years there. Chippewas. Chippewas, yep. Okay. And had some great experiences there. Our horn studio, I got to play at some national and inter- international events. So I got to play and learn from fam- famous for the horn world people. They're not famous to the... Uh, <laughs> not everybody has their favorite French horn player, but I do. Yeah. But we got to play for... Yeah, who is that? My favorite French horn player would be Dennis Brain. He's actually passed away. He's an older, older one. Oh, okay. But he kind of made the instrument. He had a 
kind of less of a background instrument and brought it to the for forefront to be featured in the orchestra a little bit more. And he was great. He was great. He, he died really young, which is okay. unfortunate. But the good ones often do. <laughs> Man. Okay. Then during college, how was that experience? It was. It was great. Got to play. Played in you know international horn symposiums, which is a really nerdy thing, but something that you love. And all these horn players together, you get to learn, hear great things, play for some people. I played in, in some excerpt competitions, which is kind of it's kind of like a practice audition for a symphony, which was really valuable experience. I did well. I didn't I did not win. I was not one of the. I was never the best horn player in the in the nation, which is hard to do, but still fun to play and just be around those great players. Got to listen to and learn from the horn player from the Canadian Brass, which is one of the most famous brass quintets in the world. And not only did he help me a little bit, I ran into him later, and he remembered me, and he remembered my playing. So that's all I needed. That's all I needed to know that something <laughs> that has succeeded. Because yeah. I look up that to that guy. I had his albums, and he still is a great player. Yeah, yeah. And a couple other experiences I did get to aud audition to play but in a music festival in Ireland when I was 21. So I got to spend a summer up there playing over on that side of the pond doing, played in a full symphony, some really, really good lit with, and you got to play it in the cathedrals and hang out and rehearse at the Royal Irish Academy of Music and wow. experience double, you know, we'd practice for a couple hours during the day. We had a couple of concerts, but when you didn't have concerts, you had the rest of the time to explore Ireland. And that was, it was a big perk of winning that particular audition. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, Ireland. That's amazing. Was that senior year or something? Yeah, it was my, I think it's somewhere between my junior and my first senior year of college. It took five years to finish undergrad, but, okay. but student teaching was, was half of it. And I wasn't, was taking the scenic road through Mount Pleasant. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so after college, where did you go after that as far as music? What did you do after that? Music, after I finished student teaching, I'd, I decided I wanted to teach instead of perform or teach primarily and perform secondarily. So my first teaching job was in a really small town called Marency, Michigan. I lived in Adrian, Michigan. It's right on the Michigan-Ohio border. Okay. And I was a young, a young teacher in a small town, but they were, you know, the kids were great. And the, uh, the town was, you know, it had that small town feel where they, where they just, everybody knew everybody and they yeah. appreciated when the band started getting bigger and better. They were supportive and appreciative. And since I lived in Adrian, that's about 45 minutes away from Ann Arbor and Ypsilanti. Mm -hmm. So I jumped, there's a, there's a symphony, adult symphony called the Ypsilanti Symphony Orchestra. So I played in that. And it's not exactly a professional symphony, but it's, but it's a really good quality and they, and they run themselves like a professional symphony. And it was a really good experience. And it got me to play and it helped me get gigs playing in other like community, well, what are they called? Community theaters and thing, and okay, like musicals. Yeah. Kind of like we have civic theater here in Grand Rapids. Yeah, yeah. I played in a lot of stuff like that. I played at the University of Toledo a couple of times down mm. that side of the border. And then eventually did my master's at U of M while, while I was teaching and going, because I was 45 minutes away from there. So I could, I was already up there and just and, uh, got a master's degree while I was doing my first, first couple of years of teaching. Wow, wow. So, when you were in college or at any point pursuing your, you know, music career and being a teacher, did you ever run into any challenges? Yeah, 
yeah, it was pretty pretty early too because my like I said, my dad was a band director too. I was very close with him. When I was 19, like the first weekend of my sophomore year of college, he died. He was really, really inspirational and very, I mean, he, he got all the connections, all the connections and helped me get to, I mean, he got me the lessons. He helped me set up with instruments. College is your first time on your own for a lot of people anyways. And then being a little extra alone, you know, for that guy on the other end. So that was, that was a big one. And actually, the same time he had cancer, my mom also had cancer. She had breast cancer. She survived. My dad did not. But it was the end of freshman year through the sophomore year of college was a giant, was a major hurdle. Oh, wow. Because I, I almost failed. Was it? Music history was one of, one of the classes that I was taking, and I didn't focus on seeing you had a policy. You can't get a C or a C plus or something like that in any of your major classes to graduate. And I was sitting at a C minus for a while and I'm like, I don't know if I can, I don't want to take this class over again because I just didn't. So I got, I pulled my head out of wherever it was and figured it out, but I was, I, I still don't remember a whole lot. The whole, that whole semester and mostly that year was a blur. So a lot of the stuff that I allegedly learned is still out there somewhere. It's not entirely in my head. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. That was a lot to go through in college and while you are you know, you're trying to accomplish your dreams and, you know, go to the next level and get mm -hmm. your degree. But what helped you get through that, those challenges? My mom helped a lot, ironically. I had a really good support system at CMU. My professors were, especially the music professors, they were really supportive. They rescheduled, like, they rescheduled lessons. My horn professor, Bruce Vinal, he was like a supplemental father because I had horn lessons with him. So there's an hour every week that it was just one-on-one -on -one with me and him. Yeah. And it was supposed to be about horn, but other times it wasn't. And the marching band director, Dr. Bachelor, Dr. Jim Bachelor, he actually set me up. I didn't, I don't even know what he did, but there's like some process you can go through when something like that happens. There's like, you contact someone at the university and you're excused for like a week, some sort of time off. And I don't even know what it's called because he just took care of it for me. So like my, my professors knew, like to this day, I don't know if I had a kid and those going through that, I wouldn't know where to go because everybody did it for me, which is really thoughtful of them. Yeah, yeah. I'd probably know how to find out, how to find out about it, but they just took care of it. And they're like, you go, go home, take it, be with your family and come back when you're ready. And we got everything for you here. Yeah. You ain't have to worry about that. That's, that's the, so being a, band director, what do you wish you would have knew before you became a band director? That's a, that's a lot, to, uh, but one of the things I wish I would have known, I actually wish I would have practiced and like kind of diversified my instruments a little bit more. Like, like I focused on horn because I thought I was gonna perform on that, but I almost wish I would have stuck with piano a little bit more because that, that comes in handy a lot. Doing some different styles come in handy a lot. And piano is a versatile instrument. You can play all styles with it. Yeah. And I can't play all styles on piano with it. So if I would have stuck with it and practiced it like I did some other stuff, I could have. Because as a band director, you need to, you know, you're, you're almost expected to be an expert on more, what's it called? more musical styles than is I guess possible, but it would have given me a better chance. 
because I'm not a jazzer. It would come in really handy. I got some students now and have had some students that have been really successful in jazz. But being a French horn player, that's not a main something that I do or have experience in. So it would have been good to just diversify some of my performings before becoming a band director. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So talk talk a little about a student, their story that you find inspiring. Anybody come to mind? You don't have to say any names or anything, but anybody comes to mind? Yeah, actually, I'm assuming you have a lot of local listeners. His name, I'll give his name because he's he's still playing. His okay. name's Lafayette Gunter II or Junior. Okay. He is a saxophone player in Grand Rapids now. He plays brunch at Crescent Brewery most Sundays. He plays around other places. He's been at the Noir restaurant in downtown before. He has his own jazz group called the Jazz Police. You find him on YouTube. He's a really good. He's a good kid. I do remember I had him as a freshman, and he kept messing. He was messing up one note on this lick, and it wasn't that hard. It, it was kind of a challenge, but he got real mad at me because I'm like, dude, it's an F, F sharp, not an F natural. Just move this finger to here. Just move this finger on this one. You got it. And then he just got mad at me because he was, he's a freshman and I was pushing him and he's like, blah, blah, blah. Why, why are you getting mad at me for this one note? And all these other kids can't play any of them. I was like, well, I know you're going to get that one note. These other ones, these other kids will take some, will take more time, but they'll get it. He didn't like that answer. He chucked a mouthpiece at my head, stormed us. Oh, wow. Just, just had a meltdown, just had a meltdown. Kick, you know, you, you've, you've seen that school, there's a, you know, they, they have a meltdown, so they'll go like storming down the hallways and whatnot. And I had to have a meeting with, had to have a meeting with him and his parents and, and the, the school's like, he doesn't have to be in your class anymore. Like, that's pretty, it's pretty serious. Like, no, he's a good, he's a good player. So we had that meeting, I found out, I learned some things from his parents about him, about how he hears things or how he learns. So I taught him differently. He's never had that problem again. He's a killer sax player and so he's 23, 20, class of 2017, and he's still playing around here in Rampers. Wow, wow. 